Our good friends at Johnio welcome you to this episode. Now, the iconic Johnio clothing brand logo of the surfer and his longboard first caught my eye several years ago, but it's the signature Johnio style where West Coast meets East Coast prep that truly changed the game for me, and I've been wearing Johnio ever since. And now our listeners can use promo code RICHTAKE at checkout for 20% off your first order at johnny-o.com. That's 20% off the regular price. Price at johnny-o.com. Use the promo code RICHTAKE at checkout for 20% off your first order. Exploring the impact of sports. Welcome, Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Having conversations and hearing personal stories from those who have been impacted built and inspired by the role of sports in their lives here's your host this is episode 126 thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen one thing for certain in life is that we will all face adversity and some will face more than others but how we respond to that adversity will shape us and Quincy Avery has used his own adversity in his life of setting a trajectory to becoming the nation's leading quarterback trainer where he now serves as president of quarterback takeover an elite quarterback training consisting of camps and private training the child of an NFL coach he spent countless hours in the locker rooms meeting rooms and on the field where he also played at Morehouse College Quincy has helped set the course for some of the game's best quarterbacks, working with quarterbacks from high school all the way to the NFL, like Deshaun Watson, Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, Josh Dobbs, Jalen Hurts, and many others, while helping over 140 athletes receive Division I and Division II scholarships, totaling upwards of $14 million. Here's episode 126 with Quincy Avery. Quincy. Thank you, man. We appreciate you. Appreciate it. No, For gosh, sure. man. This has been like a two-year journey that I first reached out to you and harassed you. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I don't even remember that I message. I know you don't. <laughs> but I greatly appreciate you letting me steal some time. And, you know, you've got a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here on Rich Take on Sports, it's talking about people's journeys and the importance of sports and showcasing that these athletes – are just human beings, yeah. just like us. And I know that you want to focus on that as part of your QB podcast as well. Why is that? Um, Why do you want to do that? More than anything, I just want to show, like, they're just people, right? Like, you know, they, they go through things. They have to go through difficulties just like you and I. Like, we see them, and we don't see them as people. We see them as these guys who go through uh, the game on Sunday, and then you don't see them anymore, and then the next Sunday. They're not just football players. They're husbands, they're dads, they're brothers. You know what I'm saying? They're all these different things, and I wish that everybody respected them as such and wanted to get to know them as that, not just the guy. And because if they did know a little bit more about the person, it might not be so harsh. Right. Right? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same type of thing that you see on TV. That, I mean, the, the tweets and the Instagram. Like I got college guys getting death threats. That's just amazing. It's mind-boggling to think that, and that's why you know I, I think it is important for stories to be out there to try to connect with people and let them know that hey, their life is not perfect either. 
because none of our lives are perfect. Right. Right. Now, so in terms of your path and yeah. getting to this point, sure. what was your childhood like? How like? much do you want to know? Yes, about? I want to dig deep. Dive okay. deep in. Okay. Here. So I'm the son of a football coach. My dad was coaching college football. He coached professional football. Um, so when I was in about seventh, eighth grade, my dad got a, a job coaching the NFL. He's coaching for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so my ninth or tenth grade year, I think my ninth grade year, I wake up on a Monday morning and it's like Wendell Avery, who's my dad, reported missing, right? Didn't go to the game on that Sunday. Uh, he just didn't go. Um, and he was missing for a week. Come to find out my dad had a, a drug habit, had a bad weekend and missed the game and boom. So we, we lost, he lost all that, right? He's building back up. I'm going through high school. I'm developing, whatnot. So about a year later, I go, my dad's doing this tour, uh, a camp tour, football camp tour. Boom, we're on it. And he leaves me in a hotel room. He's like, all right, I'm about to go out. I'll be right back. He doesn't come back. Leaves me in a hotel room for like three or four days, right? And so how old were you? I was 14, 15. So these are like things that I experienced really early on in life. And it kind of like, kind of like gave me some calluses, right? Like you got to go through some tough stuff. Yeah, from but now people, that's like. From a, the people who love the most, you have to go through tough stuff. I know, but bro. that's like real yeah, no, tough stuff. That's like real tough life, right? Yeah. But those are the moments in my life that I can always draw back on. Like if I could go through that at those ages, I can, there's nothing that I can't do, right? So Boom. That happens. High school career goes well. I'm doing well. Get a couple scholarship offers. My mom calls Morehouse and says, hey, my, my son has a scholarship offer from this school, this school, this school. I want him to go to Morehouse. He's not going to the NFL. They said, all right, you got a full scholarship. So I go to Morehouse. What did you tell your mom, wait a second, I, I am going to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I got this dream, mom. I, I, I never really saw myself as going to the NFL. I always wanted to be a coach. Well, you did. I always wanted to be a coach. To follow your dad? I just love the impact that I saw him have on different people as a coach. Right, I knew that playing was cool, but I always thought I'm going to be a head coach of an NFL football team. As that a young, was your yeah, goal. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought at that time. So I, I get done playing college ball. I get in my car. Don't have a job. I drive to UCLA. New Heisler been the coach for maybe a year, and I sit on the couch. He walks in like, "Yo, what are you doing here?" I'm like, "Oh, I want a job." He's like, "Not how it works." Goes to his office. Comes out. What were you doing here? I want a job, bro. This is not how it works does that for three days and he's like finally come back to my office what's going on I'm like I really want a job he's like I don't have a job for you I'm like well what can I do he's like I'll let you volunteer so I don't have any money really I mean my mom would give me a couple of dollars here and there but no money so for a year I live on the locker room floor and then the locker room the couches whatnot no money eating training table waking up at 4 30 because I was coaching for Norm Chow he gets there at 431, his coffee on the desk, and then Rick Neuheisel is the night guy. So that's a year of that. Next year I get paid a little bit, but not enough to get an apartment, so I'm still living in the locker room. Do that for two years. And then I'm realizing, I'm like, yo, I think we should get all these guys suits because uh, they don't have anything to do when they get done playing. They don't, can't get a job. And then one of the ADs is like, no, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. So I'm like, oh, you guys don't care about them. So I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm done coaching. Got in my car, drove to Atlanta. It was like, I'm going to privately train. It's going to be easy. I just came from coaching college ball. Like, <laughs> exactly. Who wouldn't want to train with a guy who coached college football? No one wanted to train with a guy who coached college football. In fact, I had to – I didn't have any money, so I'm living out of my car. 
I'll get up in the morning, I'll go to LA Fitness, I'll work out, hop in the shower. As soon as I got done with that, I'll go to Starbucks and I would message every single kid on Facebook. Like I've looked through these high school, I mean, these middle school rosters. If you look like a quarterback, I was sending you a message, your parents a message on Facebook. Okay, so what year was this? This was 2011. Okay, so this was really before Instagram, no, and Twitter, it was yeah, Facebook. Facebook. That was it. That was and the social media. A lot of media. kids didn't have Facebook. Yeah, exactly. It was I'm all the parents. I'm looking through Facebook and trying to find last name. Okay, look through the school. All right, this is their parents, and I message them like that. What was your success rate? No, I didn't. Couldn't get one kid. <laughs> Seriously, I went. Like, I don't mean months. to laugh, but yeah, that, four months, no kids. And then I'm like, dang, what, what am I do? So I said I'm having an elite camp for the best of the best in Georgia. One of the kids I invited was Josh Dobbs. But I couldn't afford to rent out a facility, but I talked my way into getting a guy to let me, let me use the facility at 5.30 in the morning. And that's the time I had the elite camp. Nobody came. But Josh Dobbs messaged me like, hey, I can't come. I got baseball. Can you work with me? Like, yeah. <laughs> right? He didn't have any scholarships offers or anything. So I go out there, I convinced one of my buddies to go out there with a, well, he had a camera and I had like two more cameras that didn't work, set him up, had a session, like went as hard as I could. Josh Jobs was a really good player at that point, but went from that, no scholarship offers, elite 11, 30 scholarship offers. And then the business just started to grow slowly, slowly, slowly. Yeah. So it wasn't this overnight. Oh man, yeah, I really, it, it makes me itch when people say overnight. Yeah, of course it does. Like it's 2019. I was, I didn't even really make any money till like 2017. There was six years I was making almost no money. Why did you even drive all the way out to UCLA? Why that school to try to get a job? My dad knew a coach who had coached there the year before, and that was really the only guy he knew in college football at that point. And then he had took a head coaching job in New Mexico. I'm like, I'm not going there. I'm, I got to be a head coach. I'm going to be a head coach. <laughs> I can't start. I'm not going to start New Mexico State. Why I'm not? Gonna, I'm going to go start at UCLA. I know, but why not New Mexico State? You yeah. want to go to like a flagship program if you want to get started. Well, there's other flagship programs right around here I didn't in Atlanta. Think, it never even crossed my mind. I'm going to UCLA. And I did. And you did, yes. I'm, I'm so driven by like the things that I say that I – like if I say that I'm going to do something – there's really no in-between. Like, I don't live in gray. So it's either black I'm or gonna white. I'm going to do that. I, I'm doing it. Simple. So when did you give up on the dream of being an NFL coach? I, I decided it just wasn't for me. Like, as soon as I realized that that's not for me, then I just, on to the next thing. I only do things that make me happy. And so what ultimately makes you happy? Right now, helping, helping guys get to the next level. Why? Because I live my dream. My dream is to help others achieve theirs. And I've helped now like 160 kids earn college scholarships. We're at a little over $14 million in college. I've saved parents $14 million. That's a great way to say it. $14 million they haven't had to spend um, out of their checkbook. So, How many people come up to you and say, man, I want to be a coach like you. I hear it I can all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like a new wave of a bunch. Because they think it's easy, right? Yeah, it's a new wave of a bunch of young guys like, oh, I'm a quarterback trainer. It's easier now because you can, but it's not easy to really help. Like, it's not easy to really teach guys information. And not only that, to care about them. More than anything else, the reason I've been successful is because I've cared about everything. I've cared about the small moments in a fourth grader's life 
the same way I care about Josh Dobbs getting drafted or Deshaun Watson going up. The same way I care about that, I care about the young guys. So that's the difference. I'm not doing it because I just want people to look at me a certain way. Yeah, and you're not doing it just based on the athlete's perspective ability. Right. No, no. They might everybody, not be able to everybody make gets the NFL. same service. Yeah, but it's a process. That's what people don't understand about a lot of things in life. You have a pro- like the process is the process. You can't skip steps. You can't no. The first time I meet somebody, it's the same way, and we're gonna try and do. What the is same that thing. process? So when I meet you, I'm gonna evaluate you, see where you need to go, go to your base, go to your balance. Like that's the physical football side. But other things I want to know about you is like how do you deal with difficult situations more than anything else? Difficult situations, your confidence. And your ability to inspire others. I don't know if you'll be successful based on those. And how do you measure that? Oh, it's just a thing. It's just like you have it or you don't. You can't measure it. You well, just like, know it. You just, it's you, like leadership. Yeah, like they're, they I, I don't know how they to define are. it. Yeah. But I know when I see it. Oh, that guy, that guy has it. I got, I get, I've worked with so many. The thing that I think is cool is I think that there's something about me that rubs off on my guys. Because I don't always work with the most talented dudes. It's not the thing, but they all become very successful, not only at football, but they become successful at life. How much are you working in terms of developing not just their football acumen, but just life skills? I try and just do it through the field stuff. Yeah, so they don't even know what's really happening. Yeah, like just put them in the worst situations over and over again. See how they respond. Yeah, so you use adversity a lot. Yeah, tell their parents they can't help them. Like, I don't want to, you know. You'll see so many times, like, parents, especially in this generation, parents try and bail their kids out over and over. They can't bail them out with me. You can't. We don't, we, don't, we don't need to talk. I'm talking to your son. None for us to talk about. He's 13, but he'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, how many times do you have yeah, parents coming up to wanna, you and like, saying, this isn't you need to be you. doing this with them? I don't want to hear. Do you trust me with your son? If you trust me with your son, let me do it. And if you don't trust me with your son, go somewhere else. I don't need your money. Like we're good. Yeah. Have you had to turn people down? I turn people down all the time. Because they just don't fit your culture? Yeah, it's like you just got to buy in. Yeah, the, the last three times, I'm like, yo, he can't, he can't be a part. It's because the parents want to, ah, he's late because I don't care why he's late. He needs to do the work that he missed. You need to take your laps. You, need, you know what I'm saying? Like, the way we do it is the way we're going to do it. I don't care why. Because life doesn't care why. No one cares if you got two flats going to your first job interview. You're just not going to get the job, right? It's just, sorry. How much do you share with your students your background? I don't really share, but if they ask me, I'll tell them. I'm an open book. Like, I want them to know there's, there's nothing they could do that, that I haven't been. Yeah, you've been through yeah. quite a bit. And I'm talking about early on early with your dad. How did that truly affect you? Um... It makes me, it made me, it changed the way I look at people. If you know that the people who really care about you the most can sacrifice that for outside factors, then you know that it could happen with anybody. So it's caused me to like, it just changes the way I kind of view people. And not always in the best way. Right? It's, yeah. it's made it difficult to have like real relationships sometimes. Yeah, is it hard to trust people? Yeah, for sure. But I know that it's like a, Thing that I know and a thing that I try and work on. How are you managing that then? I mean, I'm doing okay. 
I think, but I can probably, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay for me. That's your perspective, Yeah, right? like, I'm not. I, other people would be like, you don't trust me. I'm like, I know, but. I'm working on it. <laughs> trying at least, you know what I'm saying? But it's different. Now, what about uh, from your side of things, like working on that? I mean, you've got these athletes that have this quarterback coach mm -hmm. that's you. What about you? Are you, you have people in your life that are I, coaching you? No, I don't. Like, I've never had a mentor. Like, you know, a lot of people have mentors. Never had somebody in business who's trying to teach me how to do it. I've always wanted to figure stuff out on my own. I've bumped my head a hundred times. But I'm just so stubborn. Stubborn to a fault, though. Yeah, for sure. No, no. I, believe me. <laughs> I know. I got some. Well, that's a tough thing yeah. because as I'm a parent, and you're a parent as well, mm -hmm. and trying to share knowledge with our kids and, you know, Obviously, giving them the freedom that they're going to make mistakes yeah. and they got to deal with the consequences, but also, hey, don't touch that hot stove because I know it's hot and they still touch it. They still touch it. You're just like, <laughs> so is that I, you? Do you still touch that hot stove at times? Um, I don't have anybody telling me not to touch hot stove. So you're just going and figuring it out. Yeah. But I figure out it's hot, I don't touch it again. <laughs> you're a quick learner yeah, then, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've learned. I've learned. What about the time that you're here and you're quote unquote homeless mm -hmm. living in a car. What about your self-confidence? So how difficult was that to try to say, yeah, but I'm Quincy Avery. I'm going to be an elite quarterback coach. I really felt like that. I look, I never saw myself as what I was. Like I just kept seeing like, oh, I'm going to do this. Saw other people doing it. If he can do it, I can do it. You had that belief. Yeah, like it wasn't a debate. It wasn't like, ah, I might be able. No, I'm going to do it. It's, I, I'm just weird. <laughs> just weird. <laughs> well, you've got a different yeah. mindset, obviously, yeah. uh, and the adversity side of things. Mm -hmm. And even going back to the parenting, because that's a, that's a thing that I struggle with as a parent. And I know I see it from other parents, and it's what you're describing wanting to bail out their kids mm -hmm. and not have them fail, not have yeah. them face adversity. But adversity is what makes us strong, right? And so I'm, I get stuck at times, how can I be a better parent and allowing my kids to fail but giving them a better life than I, me? Yeah, I'm genuinely concerned about like, our culture and the younger kids. In what way? Because I, they really don't get the when you there's so many and I think two parent households are great right like my daughter's in a two parent household but I I it's like I can't I'm not gonna bail you out right but I see it so much and I just feel like I'm gonna give my child such an advantage because real life is hard so I want her to go through a thousand opportunities to be in difficult situations my my goal is. As she gets older, put her in a difficult situation every day that she does not feel comfortable in. Whatever that is, I don't want her to feel comfortable. Get them out of their comfort zone. She's going to be uncomfortable. I'll just embarrass you. Just so she's like, <laughs> it's not so bad. And of course, they won't appreciate it until later in life. Right, but she'll know it's not so bad. The thing that you fear most in the world is not yeah. so bad. People fear being homeless. It's not so bad. It's really it's not. What was that like, though? wasn't bad like <laughs> I was happy I was doing what I wanted to do yeah but how okay 
because people are going to say, how can you be happy and you don't have things don't a home define, to go it doesn't to define or you. It's not like a, I was sleeping. Like all the things that you do in a house, you just don't have a bed. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> go hang out with your friends. Like, you know, I'm doing all the things that would make somebody happy. You're just in a car. Logistically, it was just a little bit more of a yeah, challenge just, for you. You got a bunch of bags in your trunk. You know what I'm saying? You might go crash in your friend's couch. Homeless is just not having a mailing address. So I would sleep in people's houses, you know, whatever. Yeah, so if you were sleeping in your car, where were you parking? That's the tricky part, right? You want to go somewhere that's not too busy, but there's a light around so you're good. So you don't go to like a shopping mall or anything like that. Um, you don't go to like a subdivision with a cul-de-sac. That's not a good idea. You'll go by like a boys and girls club. It's really a good place. When was it that after Josh Dobbs, was that mm-hmm. the turning point? Uh, no. When was, was the true turning point? I mean, point? I was starting to make some, but I wasn't making enough to like cover real rent. Mm, there was a point like, started making real money in like 2017, but like 2014, I was like, no, 2013, I was like, I can pay. I can split rent with somebody. And you started having clients, so I you started. started having clients. I was building, and then I'm like, "Oh, I'm doing really well." Like 2017. That's when I'm like, I need a staff. Oh, so you're growing that fast. And then you're like, I'm in multiple cities. And then you're like, I got a hundred kids in multiple cities. And then I'm like, I just did a camp with a hundred people at a thousand dollars a kid, right? That's a, like, just keep taking these steps, right? There's all these different steps in the process. And then it's like, I got to charge a really high amount for a private session because I don't have time to see everybody. And now it's like, I can't even train as much as I want to because I got to manage people. I got all these other opportunities coming up. And so it's, it's different. Have there been any of these quarterbacks that you see, regardless of when you saw them mm-hmm. at an age, and you just knew that kid has it? Um... I would say Deshaun was probably the most it. Like, it was the charisma, like, it comes off. Because if you went to a workout with Deshaun, he might not blow you away. Arms out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wouldn't blow you away. Just physically, he wouldn't. Nah. I mean, he's a great athlete. I'm not taking anything from him, but not like Aaron Rodgers. Like, you see him, though, you're like, wow. But when you're around him, you're like, oh, okay. Now I know why. Because it's not about the talent all the time, it's about all the other things. What do some of the pro teams, though, and even maybe the college teams, mm-hmm. what do they say about you and your involvement with You know, before it, was, before it was harder. It was like, who is this guy? What is he doing? Now, I'm pretty welcome in most – if you were working with a franchise quarterback, no one's really going to say anything to you. They're like, all right, <laughs> he's with him. Okay, cool. College is now most – most big programs – their college, their head coach will hit me up at some point throughout the year, like most of the big teams. And what do they ask you to come do? I ask you, like, what's, like, just want to see, like, what's my philosophy. Um, if I work with their guys, I'll talk to their coordinator. I'm going to talk to them before. Hey, this is what we're planning on doing. Is there anything specifically you want us to work on? After I get done, shoot them a text. This is what we worked on. This is what I think he, sh- he should continue to work on in the offseason. This is what I gave him. Because the college coaches can't work with the guys in the offseason. So yeah, all they have is By the me. rules, yeah. So it works out perfect for you. you yeah. got that avenue. Right. What do you enjoy more, developing a young kid or working with now some of the elite guys in the NFL? 
that um, maybe you haven't worked with? Like, I know you've worked with Deshaun for those years. Those are always cool, right? Anytime you get to work with somebody, you look at it like, oh, this is cool, right? But then the work is just the work. But you can only help those guys, like, incrementally. There's only so much you can do for, like, a Patrick Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can show him something, but what's he going to go from a – you know what I'm saying? Like, he can get that much better. The, the, the time that I like working with guys the most is, like, 10th, 11th grade, right? You know if they're good or not, and you can, like, help them go from this to that. And you can do it really quickly if they're, like, pliable enough where they can learn. And then you'll know, like, oh, he can do it. Because if you can learn that fast, you got a chance. Because that's what, between, like, having the charisma, the ability to uh, deal with adversity, the mental ability to learn some information and apply it very, very quickly separates a lot of quarterbacks. I was going to ask you about that. Mm -hmm. How much is the mental side it's of so, playing a quarterback? It's so, it's, th all those things are bigger factors than, like, arm strength, too. Arm is like, you got to be able to throw. Yeah, you got to well make enough. the throws. You got to be able to throw well enough. Everything else matters more than that, though, to me. I want a guy who can throw, but I want a guy who can make the right decision, get it to the right guy, and he doesn't have the strongest arm, just get him the ball. Has it changed over the years in terms of what? your approach because of how the game is changing? I still approach it the same way. I understand what guys are going to be more successful. Like, if you're not dynamic, you're not twitchy with your legs. What do you mean? Yeah, what does this mean? So, the game is moving to a way now. You're never going to see another Tom Brady. Tom Brady came in with like a 5 4 or something like that. That's never going to happen again. If a quarterback can't extend plays with his legs, Tom Brady has short area quickness and he's making it work. But no one is going to come in the game again who can't move, who can't extend plays with their legs, who can't make it difficult on the extra guy in the box. Just you, enough to be a threat. Yeah, you don't have to be a great runner. I'm not saying every quarterback needs to run a 4-6 or be Lamar Jackson, but you're going to have to do something with your legs. And is it sustainable, Lamar Jackson? Um, it's tough because he's so small. He's the most dynamic running quarterback we've ever seen. One of the most dynamic runners. Um, he makes guys who get paid millions of dollars look like fools. <laughs> If it's just you and him one-on-one, -on -one, you're going to look like you're going to get undressed. You're like, uh, I'm not, I'd rather fall down before I get there than just be me and him. So he does some stuff to people and it's like, you're, you're a pro athlete. Like he makes you look like you're at a Pop Warner game. So it's cool. Now, do you have to do any type of, um, I don't know the right word, advertising or I mean, people are, are you I use Instagram, I use like social media. Um, I'm going to start doing more advertising because I want to do more camps. But I don't advertise to train guys like private. Yeah, they just they come That's to you cool. now, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that limited. Is what it is. Yeah, you can. There's a couple of spots that you can get, but that's not much. Now, how much did you enjoy playing the game versus now coaching? I genuinely miss playing. I I think about those moments a lot, but I haven't had a day of my life since like eighth grade where I wasn't thinking about football. No, not eighth grade. Since I was eight years old. Was that was it? your first memory of football? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember stuff before then, but that's when I yeah. started playing. And I'm like, I love it. So only, only thing other than, like, family and friends that I've ever loved. I haven't done anything else in my life. And that's what you're passionate it's, about. Yeah. It's, and that's why it makes you happy, even if you're living in a car. Right. Like, I'm good. And then... 
I guess the what's the next step for you? What's the what's, what, I mean? I need to do more yeah, camps, but more camps. W- um, what's this goal so, of yours? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I'm gonna start building my business in different verticals, and then see how big those grow. So I got the whole football private. I've maxed out how much I can do in training, guys. Just me. That's maxed out, like private training. I got these group trainings where I'm building a staff so we can see a bunch of guys across the country. That's growing, right? I'm gonna want, I want I want that to stretch out. Um, I want to get that in more cities. Then I got uh, I want to do talks, uh, corporate talks. So I want to help out people who are in sales who like might hear no one say, oh, I'm not gonna do this. All right, if you hear no one say like ah. We need to talk. We need to talk about how we can help you out. Um, so that's the next. And then I want to get more in the media so people can see the inside of what it's like with me training a, a guy and the things they go through. Well, that's why I want you to get me out there and run me through the gamut. When you're ready, <laughs> when you're ready, I got you. That's right. All right. So just in terms of sports itself, mm-hmm. what has sports meant to you and just the impact it's had in your um, life? Sports has taught me so much about how to deal with things when things are tough. And not only that, it's given me an outlet when things are tough in my life to still have something to lean back on and be happy about when a lot of other guys wouldn't be happy. And has it helped you fight through adversity? For sure. It's, it's given me the tools to be able to do so. And that's what it's meant to me as well. It's mm-hmm. been an escape, and that's where I learned a lot of adversity and mm-hmm. how to handle that. And and to your point, life is not always about your actions, about your reactions. Right. Are you able to handle that adversity? How do you deal with it when things get very difficult? Yeah, because life is hard. And so what's your words of wisdom? Any phrases, mottos, quotes, or just, just even life advice uh, that you like to share? Persevere. Like, really, that's my, my main thing. Like, if you just have goals and you persevere towards those things, like, it might not, like, I could have not been what I am today. Like, I could have not been... To me, the best quarterback trainer in the country. I could have been a guy who worked with a handful of guys and could pay my bill, but I was, if I persevered and kept working towards the thing that I wanted, then that'll make you happy. But don't, don't get caught up in the things that other people are saying about what you're doing. Because I heard so many times, you're leaving coaching college football to do this? You crazy? All right, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. Don't, what other people say is unimportant. And were you driven to prove people wrong? Not really. It was just I wanted to be happy, um, and I know I see like I see a lot of people who are driven by like the things that their parents say, like they want to make their parents happy or they want to make such and such happy. Like they don't have to be with you every day. That's not who's important. You're you have important. to be yeah. with you, <laughs> right? You right. gotta be. You gotta be happy with yourself and the decisions you make every single day, because you live with it. That's right. Well said, Quincy. Appreciate thank you, man. Ah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. For sure. Facing adversity can be very difficult, not always because of the challenge, but as Quincy talked about, it's the fear of what we think is so bad that can make us shy away from doing something that's difficult. But you never know when that could lead to doing something great. And by letting that adversity build you up instead of breaking you down, then you won't have to live in fear of what others are saying about you. Now that finishes episode 126 and more of our conversations can be found on your preferred podcasting platform. And you can also watch some of our episodes by visiting our Rich Take on Sports YouTube channel where you can easily subscribe. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. 
You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening. 